0: Hey, you, you want to see something really scary?
1: What's your favorite
0: scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night.
1: Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week, we're covering 1978's
0: The Manitou. How long have you had this? About um, three days. It has been 400 years since its last reincarnation. Any pain? It kind of moves sometimes. The soul of black magic is waiting to be reborn. What's your diagnosis? For years, man has turned his back on the supernatural. Mrs. Hirsch might almost describe it. Some will deny it. As a fetus, others will fear it. On her neck, one woman will give birth to it. Uh, uh. The manatu. Since the beginning of time, it has practiced the mysterious arts. Its day is near. Each hour it grows stronger. Soon it will come. The Manitou. Starring Tony Curtis. On a supernatural journey into the world of avenging spirits. John! Michael Ansara. What does a white man want with Indian magic? A modern American Indian thrust into a savage struggle with unspeakable taboos. Never Never. Susan Strusper living in a nightmare. <laughs> Innocent people tormented by terror, threatened by the unknown, trapped by an ancient horror the Manor too. never dies it just waits to be reborn the Manitou
1: yeah (laughs) the Manitou okay so this is based by um a novel uh, by Graham Matherson, who was,
2: like, what, the editor of, like, British Penthouse? Yeah, Matherson was. He was the editor of British Penthouse. And he wrote uh, several dozen sex manuals, including like, ones, like, with titles like How to Drive Your Man Wild in Bed. Yeah, he's that guy. Manitou. And he also wrote seven novels about the Manitou and the main character in it, Harry Erskine, Who's played by Tony Curtis in the movie?
1: Spoiler alert! From um, me, <laughs> I was like, "What?" No, I was. I was gonna mention oh, yeah. that um, later.
2: Yeah, and his uh, Harry Erskine is his name, and tarot is his game.
1: All right, I can't.
2: Yeah, because he's kind of a con artist, psychic. Is he reads people's tarot and does all this, but he doesn't seem like. He had any real powers. He just knew all these people that had real psychic powers.
1: He did. Or, or I don't know. We don't know what the other novels, like, how what they dwell into. So we can't just make an assumption based on our first introduction of whatever his name is.
2: Harry Erskine.
1: <laughs> Harry. Erskine is the part that got me. Erskine is his name
2: and tarot is his game. Just remember that and you'll be fine.
1: So we're watching the film and I'm like... Shad, is that Tony Curtis? That's that's not. It's not him. And then he's like, "Yeah, that's Tony Curtis." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah." Because I'm not used to seeing Tony Curtis look like that. I guess I don't know. He's a little older from the Tony Tony Curtis that I've seen, and I it just didn't it a hey, it dawned on me eventually. We weren't into like. An hour
2: into the movie, no, it was just a few minutes. But you were like, "That's not Tony Curtis." Yeah, it is. Because
1: when I think of Tony Curtis, I don't think
2: of the Manitou.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, I, this movie, I feel like it's definitely either, and I may be wrong. It's definitely maybe one of those things where like an actor could be in so many good movies, like recognized movies, you know, and then you know they get older, they're not wanted the they're you know too much after and then they just accept whatever comes across their thing that doesn't make them do anything crazy and i feel like they failed with that one because if whoever came to tony curtis and was like here's the script and he was like yes i'm on that's wild because this fucking movie is the craziest movie not that i've ever seen but it's pretty out there. And I have a shit ton of questions. Like, I want to read this entire
2: series. Because I need to know what is going on. Well, I think part of the reason Tony Curtis probably did this was, you gotta remember all the movies about the devil and possession and craziness, they were making huge money in the 70s. And I'm sure the people, some of the time, they read the scripts and were like, oh, this is terrible. This is not going to make any money. Pass. And then they realized, oh, I just passed on The Exorcist or Rosemary's Baby, or the Changeling or something like that, you know? So they're like, he probably saw this and thought, I'm going to get in on this one. I want to be in the, you know, the devil movie or the the Manitou spirit. That's it. I'm getting in on it. Because he didn't want to miss out.
1: Now, the uh, novel is an upstate New York village where a terrible Indian spirit returns to avenge the souls of his tribal brothers, Okay that's the novel
2: and the the movie is like miss kamakas is returning from the dead and he's going to destroy the white man's world
1: yes that's exactly what it is via via high-tech technology
2: wink which today it's like laughable well no the technology the technology hurt him remember Because he threw a typewriter at him and it exploded. Yes, but I'm
1: saying like if someone that was like 19 that watched this film, they would be like, that was the high-tech technology. They would fucking roll on the floor like laughing. Because exactly, there's a typewriter. (laughs) The high-tech, because it had to be some kind of technology. Because it was like, that was the thing because of some weird level. It's like when you're watching, you know, um, whatever, the ladder, the middle However, with Star Wars films, oh, I guess they're going to be the middle of the beginning, right? Um, And they're talking about midichlorians, and you're like, look, bitch, either you played Parasite Eve, and you've heard about midichlorians before, (laughs) because I knew about midichlorians before that fucking thing came out, or you're in the freaking stupid-ass Star Wars world. You're like, what is this? That's exactly what I've, like, someone that watched this movie that age would be. Like, what is going on?
2: Well, now, the guy who directed this is a guy named William Girdler. And he had an interesting career. He died right before this movie actually came out theatrically in a helicopter crash while they were scouting for a location for a new movie. But his previous films include Three on a Meat Hook, The Asylum of Satan, Abby, which was a movie that was sued out of circulation because apparently it was just a pretty much direct ripoff of The Exorcist, except they just changed the cast around and said, this time it's happening to an African-American family. And then they just remade The Exorcist. Now, I've never seen it, but I've just heard the rumors that that's what it was. And then he also made the infamous Grizzly. Not the Grizzly 2, but the original one. And the uh, Day of the Animals, which has Leslie Nielsen fighting like real animals when they all turn on people. That's the one where the animals all just collectively go, fuck this planet, and start attacking the people. So, yeah, he's done some crazy-ass movies, and he wrote a lot of them, too. He wrote the screenplay for The Manitou, Abbey... Asylum of Satan, three on a meat hook, he was he was all about it.
1: Yeah, so he was a screenwriter?
2: Yep, he did for all those.
1: So then he reads this novel and he's like, <laughs> You know what? Okay, so there's an ain't there's a an ancient Indian that's come back to avenge the death of his tribal brothers. Um and it's this is happening in a small New York village. So my interpretation of that is a psychic's girlfriend finds out she has a lump on her neck that is actually growing reincarnation of a 400-year-old demonic Native American spirit. Now, that is insane, okay? And <laughs> a demonic Native... Demonic and Native American that... Like, no. <laughs> the movies, I'm going to tell you right now. If you are... uh, If you you know are living in a certain age range you might not be able to see this movie because it is not politically correct no it is politically incorrect so i'm going to tell you right now just go on to the next podcast that we (laughs) that we're doing because this film is not for you
2: yeah there's a lot of things in it now there's an actor in this named michael ansara and if his name sounds familiar it's because he played one of the first klingons you ever saw on star trek he was also in, like, I Dream of Genie." He was the voice of Mr. Freeze in Batman the Animated Series. He's done a lot of things over the years. But one thing he is not is a Native American. And, of course, they immediately cast him in this role as the Native American medicine man who agrees to come and help when the shit starts going wrong.
1: Yeah. I have to say that it's definitely... ah. Uh, you know you have to accept your history in order to learn from it and you learn from the mistakes and then you you know do better in the future that's like the whole part of history is to learn from it right so this is (laughs) so there's a lot to learn from this movie there is a lot to learn we have learned it is not the same america that it is back then when this movie was written i mean this is like 70s america that's a completely different america than it is today so different in so many ways you know but this is what it was like living at that time and this movie definitely is a movie of its time not only in what we just spoke about you know but
2: well just just... the whole thing like with the woman when she goes in and she's like i've got this lump on my neck and they're like ah it's probably nothing to worry about they look at her neck and she has like a baseball size lump on her neck it's
1: huge it's like how she's like no offense because it's an actual man But it's, like, the beginnings of, like, the Elephant Man. It's terrible. Like,
2: what, what? And they're just kind of like, ah, you might be a little panicky there. Just relax. You know, like, calm down, woman. And, uh, you know. Yeah, this one was
1: Miss Tandy, okay, was too calm. That she has a huge, and she has a huge lung on her neck. She's so calm about it. Like, literally, I thought the bitch was going to sell me some fucking, uh, some, you know, Girl Scout cookies. You know, like, she has wearing the scarf. He's very well dressed, very well spoken. And she's like, yes, I just, it just, it's like someone's just moving around and they're, like, trying to get comfortable in the bed. And it's like, I
2: would be literally running up and down.
1: I got a fucking lump on my neck. Like, it's, he, it's massive.
2: And she just seems like okay with it. Like, okay, well, you know. It's fine. Like, it moves. And it's just the fucking size of a baseball plus. We're, we're, it's good. What are you going to do? Uh, we also got some appearances by Burgess Meredith in this, who, you know, he's the guy you go to when you have questions about, you know, Native American uh, witch doctors from the uh, from 400 years ago. Sure. Why not? Uh, and let me tell you
1: if you're speaking to a doctor or you're in some kind of doctor's appointment okay because this is this is like literally a quote from a discussion that the two doctors are having after looking at her x-ray to figure out what the fuck is in his neck and they're talking about obviously cancer and the doctor goes I wrote the books and I don't know what the hell it is like the books about different these different types of cancer He's like, I don't even. <laughs> so if he wrote the books that discuss these like different types of cancer, and he doesn't know what this is, you have problems. Like right there. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good day for you. <laughs> oh, and then what's in the X-ray? Looks like a fifty-five day year-old fetus. Bomb, bomb, bomb. That's also a
2: really bad sign. I'm gonna tell you that right now.
1: Hell no. Okay. You're going to tell me that I got a baby growing out of my neck. Now, mind you, okay, I don't have to push it out of my woo-ha, so that's a plus. But I don't know how I feel about, like... And let me tell you, you think... I didn't know where this movie was going to go shot. You saw this movie before a long, long, long time ago. So you didn't remember every single detail. But I... At the end of the film, wow, you really see some shit. I'm talking about, like... Wow. And I also have to say that it was very slow paced. it It felt like very TV movie like,
2: yeah, you this know is one of those slow burn kind of things it it's me, so slow. It's a lot of them just going around and investigating what's going on, trying to find out what's happening, and just going to different people to talk to them about it. so you you don't really not much. For a long time, nothing, like, really crazy happens. And then the first really crazy thing that happens is, you know, she's got this lump on her neck. Her boyfriend is going to try and, you know, start investigating, like, if there's anything weird about it. After she says some, like, crazy shit under anesthesia. When they try to remove it, the surgeon, like, almost cuts his own hand off because it, like, possesses him and won't let him do it. Now, let
1: let me stop you right there. The boyfriend is Tony Curtis... Right? Harry Erskine is the boyfriend of Miss Tandy. And there's a whole... The introduction to this character, there's a whole thing where a woman who's an afflu- affluent-looking mo- woman enters. Affluent-looking woman enters. Sorry, my brain just, like, disconnected there. And she she goes to him, and he literally is telling her, like, that she's going to have, like, indigestion on Thursday. She pays him, like, buku money. Why would you go to a tarot reader that's telling you you're going to have some gas? Yes, but she's going to eat something and she's going to have gas. Or sure her stomach might have, like, a little thing if you found out that she was going to eat shellfish or, like, a pound of tacos. Yes, that did it take the cards to tell you that? That's how you know that, like we said before, he was kind of like a con artist. He was a little sketchy. And then the drinking game is how many times they say... Harry Erskine. They say it so many times, <laughs> especially at the beginning.
2: You'd be drunk twenty minutes into this movie. And, and there's a great scene, like where said, where they, you know, he tries to, they try to remove the the lump, and then it just, the lump attacks people, <laughs> psychically.
1: Yeah, the lump has psychic powers. Yeah, jeez, I don't. <laughs> the lump has psychic powers. That's all I have to say about that. And it's like, move over, Carrie. A lump got you beat. So there's a great
2: scene in it, though. It had something. It's a very, it's a very simple effect, but it's something I've never seen them do in a movie before or since this. To be honest, they do a séance to try and contact the the spirit that's that's in the in the lump. Oh yeah, the scene is cool. And of course, the séance goes wrong, like they always do. There's never a séance in a horror movie that goes no. right. Mm-mm. They never just find out what they need to know and go, "Well, that was efficient." And Not even leave. ghost. No, nothing. So when the séance goes bad, like before. They When they sit down at the table, you saw there was like a piece of black glass in the middle of the table. It's like a wooden table with like a square piece of like dark glass in it. When they start talking to the spirit, like a face rises up out of the glass. And it's you can tell that for the effect, they just replaced the glass with like oil so that it looked like it was a solid. And then someone just raised up, just pushed their head up through there and then just worked their mouth and they added in some creepy sound effects. And it looked, I mean, it's a cheap effect, but it looked really cool. It looked amazing. I was like, why haven't they done this again? Yeah, because it was a really cool, creepy effect. It was like, shit, the head's just rising up out of the table. But I guess, you know, as you go on, if you keep doing that in different movies, it's going to be like, oh, I see what they're doing. But yeah. still, it, it was a very cool effect for this. So they did some uh, interesting, you know, like the typical lightning flying out at people, the wind's going. I always love it when they bring the wind machine in and just turn it on like eleven just blow actors and props and everything all over the set i'm sure that must be fun to clean up afterwards
1: lord there's so yeah that scene
2: is has a lot of things going on but and there's another part where they're like well we couldn't remove the lump with a scalpel so we're gonna get a laser and I mean a laser like the kind they have in Star Wars. that just fires laser blasts. <laughs> which I'm,
1: freaking laser beams. Which
2: I'm reasonably sure they did not have in the 1970s. <laughs> so when they said they're going to remove the lump with a laser. You know, you're expecting like a little thin laser beam that's going to go through it. No, it's firing lasers like fucking Star Wars blasts at this fucking thing. And of course, it also goes crazy is blasting people in the hallway shooting out the place and this is when they're finally like i don't think we're going to be able to remove this through uh modern medicine that's when they go out and go get uh michael ansara which i forgot the his the character's name but i'm sure it was a very sensitive uh, but his name was um nightwing Tailfeather or something something it's just about, i'm sorry john singing rock John Singing Rock, yes. Yeah, they go get John Singing Rock, and he brings his medicine bag, and even the Dodgers at the hospital are kind of like, I don't know, and he gives them the, the, the hey, shut the fuck up. You white man couldn't solve this with all your medicine and everything, so now let me give it a crack. And one of the Dodgers even says, well, I mean, what's the worst he's going to do? Nothing. So they let him try, and that's when the shit starts to get really crazy, finally. You end up with... uh yeah, someone in the hospital pulls their face off, because the spirit in the lump tells them to. By this point, the lump, by the way, is no longer the size of a baseball. It's like halfway down her back. It's the size of a small person, which coincidentally it is. Yeah. Miskimakis comes out, and he's being played by Felix Silva, which is the guy who played Cousin Id in The Adams Family. He played Tweaky and Buck Rogers. He's a very famous little person. And he pops out in this crazy looking. He's like bright red with like a enlarged mouth and very weird face makeup on. It's you not don't good. really see his legs so much. He kind of like pulls himself around. There's fog everywhere for some reason. Yeah, it's I'm
1: gonna tell you right now that when I gave birth, no fog emitted into the room. And I'm kind of pissed about that. I feel like there should have been a fog machine. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. That she just rose out of the fog, okay? Because this birthing scene is too much. I I had to look away while I was filming a scene so then I could put it up
2: on, on social media. But I had to look away guess, after that. I mean, yeah, I guess as far as <laughs> for the woman, it's going to be okay because... Yeah, he pulled out of the, like, big lump of skin on her back. And when she's done, I guess she can just have the extra skin removed. It'll be okay. That's, a, first of
1: all, I don't think that much skin has been removed from a person. I hope not because that's a lot <laughs> of skin. Okay? It was like, uh, I, I, you could have made a whole, you actually did make a whole the person. It was so much skin. You know, and also, where do you... Wh- they never really explained, and I may be wrong because the movie was so long that I kind of may have been going in and out of that, you know, from the film. How did she get it on her neck? Like, she just woke up one day, she was walking through Central Park or whatever, and then, like, she gets a little itch in the back of her neck, and boom, she's fucking impregnated?
2: I don't remember if they said where she got it or not. I don't think they did did to be honest i don't
1: think they did i think they were just like the fucking indian chose her therefore boom that was the explanation she was chosen like (laughs) yeah it just kind of
2: popped in there
1: you would hate to be the chosen one for this one because it's like when the chick gave birth in that leprechaun movie that we covered yeah and she gave birth to a pot of gold yeah it was like, ten times worse than that. Because even that scene is like,
2: Oh! Fuck! That's terrible. I think the worst one I remember, like, when I saw when I was very young and I wasn't expecting it, was that movie Extra, where the woman gives birth to the full-grown man. Ew! Yeah. Um, Ooh, Society? There's a lot of skin in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, so, then it comes time to, they've got to fight <clears throat> Miss Gamacus, and they have to kill him. And they realize, wait everything has a a manitou or a spirit double and he's like even machines and john singing rock says yes even machines have a spirit double wink so the computers and everything that are you know man-made also have spirits manitous yeah because
1: humans made them right so they gave them
2: life And this is where they figured out earlier. They threw a typewriter at Kamakas, and it completely fucked him up because he was like, what is this black magic? And he just explodes the typewriter and throws him back. He doesn't know what the fuck to do with the typewriter. So they decide that they're going to turn on all the machines in the hospital, the computers, the x-ray machines, the typewriters. They've got everything going. And they're going to use the Manitou's of these machines to team up with John Singing Rock. And they're all going to defeat the Manitou. I feel like
1: at one point they
2: also stated, like, that the uh,
1: Manitou machines may also side with the elder
2: Indian. He he may not, they may take his side. So they have to ask them. So they ask them nicely if they will help them. (laughs) Please, Manitou machine, assist me. (laughs) So the Manitou of the machines assist them and help them fight the Manitou of Miskimacus reborn. Miskimacus! And then in what is my favorite part of the movie. No, wait. it's at the end? Because I want to fucking,
1: I want to say that part.
2: Okay, you can start it. I get to say, I'm going to say something about the end,
1: though. No, no, that's fine. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
2: So. What's your favorite part? They call out the Manitous. Everybody's in combat with them. That's when they step into the room, and the room is no—the hospital room is no longer a hospital room. Nope. It's turned to a starfield. Yeah, it's the a star kind field. of starfield you can only get when you paint the room green and just project a starfield onto it, like the weather map. And the woman is just laying there in the bed. The Manitou is f- floating in space. And it's become, at this point, instead of the little guy, it's now become like a weird amorphous cloud of red that looks like something you would have seen on the original Star Trek series floating at the Enterprise. And that's when she decides to raise up from the bed shirtless.
1: And let me tell you right now, dumb titties made him explode because he had never seen dumb titties like that before. Okay. Okay. That's exactly. And he literally, he saw her breasts and he fucking, he was a human combustion.
2: Well, and he also, that's when she also starts firing her magic lightning and laser beams from her eyes. From her tits. And you're like, <laughs> wait, what? This is not a thing, really. But, oh, yes, it is. And it's amazing. And she explodes the fucking Manitou. And um, that's pretty much the end of the movie.
1: It was her love. For Harry Erskine and the power of the machine Manitou's that gave her the massive power to destroy this ancient elder Indian god, chief.
2: Yeah. And then at the end of it, we get treated to a little true fact. There's like, in India, someone had a large lump the size of a basketball on their arm that contained a fetus. True story. (laughs) And then the credits roll, and you're like, what the fuck was that?
0: Like, are you fucking with me right
2: now?
1: Just in case, y'all people think that this isn't fucking possible, and you're we just threw, we just fucking blown your ass out of the fucking, what is the suspension of disbelief? This actually happened somewhere
2: in the world. Just wink. Yeah. In case you thought this wasn't possible, oh, it was. Oh, it was. You're like, no i don't i don't think it was
1: oh my god this movie's a gem i give it three and a half knives
2: <laughs> it's something I, I i would give it i it's in terms of <laughs> entertainment and laughing at it, it's a three-and-a-half knifer. Yes. But in terms of actual movie, no, it's, actual it's, movie a two knifer. it's a
1: two-knifer. <laughs> it's a two-knifer. It's a 1.5 knifer. But you see, I'm not that good at math, so 1.5 and the three-and-a-half. So it would just be overall two stars <laughs> two Everything and a together, half stars I, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, it's entertaining it was fun to watch but I can't claim that it was good in any way shape or form I really want to read the novels now at least one of them and see how the novel compares to the movie because you know back in the day they just bought the rights to that shit and they didn't give two fucks if they they got the title for it the title had That's sold right. a bunch of books they just made whatever fucking movie they wanted.
1: Literally, Graham uh, Graham Masterson's novel and What's-His-Face's screenplay, completely different. You know what they took away? They were like, Indian... <laughs> Indian, Manitou... Indian, New York, Manitou, boom. <laughs> and, and it just ran with it. And
2: created this other crazy thing. That was it. That was all they did.
1: Yeah, just based on the synopsis of the book versus the thing, there's no way that obviously the, someone has a lump, but it's just the whole thing of it, the movie was just
2: mind-blowing insane.
1: I've ne- You're never going to see a movie like that ever again.
2: Yeah. I like And, you know, as much as I like, I like the actor John uh, Michael Ansara that played John Singing Rock. I like that guy. He's a good actor and he has a good voice. That's why they picked him for Mr. Freeze. But, you know, you're watching this and him and you're, you're seeing him in this and it's like, oh, no... Please don't be in this movie, Michael Ansara. I did read a thing on his like his website that said after this movie, he turned down a couple of parts where he found out that it was supposed to be a Native American play, and he was like, "Oh no, I'm not doing that again. Once was enough."
1: Yeah, one and done. One and done. We have finished watching another crazy movie, which we're going to cover later on. And um, yeah, this is right up there this year. These are the two top movies so far that we have watched that are just mind blowing, insane.
2: Yeah, the next one I thought it was going to be a simple anthology, and oh, it was. No, it was a good. I give myself a pat on the back for that one. Well, for both of us
1: because yeah. we. But yeah, cheers all around because that I, I just can't. We'll just have to stay tuned <laughs> until uh, we
2: do it. But is there anything else you wanted to say about the film? No. I feel like maybe this might be one of those movies that's so bad that you could do a good remake of it, though. No,
1: no, no, no. I, mm, just the part where somebody has a lump and a baby comes out or something comes out of it. But with everything going on right now, I don't think that this movie would be a good remake. <laughs> What would come out, though? Because, obviously, it could not be an Indian (laughs) tribal,
2: Chief. It couldn't be an Indian tribal. It couldn't be Miskamakas. It's not going to be be Miskamakas. It would have to be like a... They would probably just make it like a witch that was... Oh, wow. Uh, it be a witch that was burned at Salem like they always do. You know
1: what? Just stop. Fear Street already went in that route, guy. Let's that not do stop it. them.
2: They'll be like, oh, well, it was successful then, so it's going to yeah, be successful Yeah, it was, again. and
1: it shouldn't have been, because those were fucking terrible. Terrible. I, I Yeah, but no. But yes, that probably would happen. Some fucking, let's blame the witches, because there's no one else that ever did anything. I'm not going to watch it. Well, thank you so much for joining us in another episode of Jump Scare the Horror Podcast. Stay
0: tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.